Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of Unplug with Annie. Today I've got Harpreet Dial on the show. She's an entrepreneur, artist, learner and believer in the power of art to connect and heal. Born and raised in London, she then moved to Calgary in 2015 with a background in finance. Moving to another country encouraged her to explore her creative side and start writing, which we're going to be talking a lot more about. She's published a children's book since then called Will But the Worm. Um, and also a poetry book, uh, which is a journey to self-healing and a chat book titled Love Notes. And uh, she was recently published in a poetry anthology called We All Breathe the Same Air. Um, and in 2017, she founded the Love Notes Project with the mission to encourage positivity and healing through art. Um, so she she's really doing some wonderful things, really affecting a lot of people through her work and through her artistry. And I'm so excited to have her on the show. Hi, Harpreet. Welcome to Unplug with Annie. Hi, thank you so much for having me. So we know a little bit about you, but um, first and foremost, I wanted to know, being a, being a fellow Londoner myself, yeah. um, what, what made that transition for you from London to Calgary? So the best way I describe that is uh, I moved for love. <laughs> so I met my husband um, back in 2012 uh, on Instagram, actually. And um, yeah, and, you know, we met and it was one of those things we did a long distance relationship for a little while and then had to decide, OK, what am I doing am I am I coming over there are you coming to London like what's going to happen so anyway we ended up deciding that I'll move to Calgary so that was the motivation for moving okay um, <laughs> wow okay amazing and um and how did poetry come into your life and and were you bitten by the bug because obviously you were into finance yeah um so for me growing up um, art was, you know, uh, a big part of my life. Uh, you know, I come from a very conservative Punjabi Sikh family. So a traditional career is, is something that is, um, encouraged. <laughs> mm -hmm. And, uh, so I used to like, but growing up, I used to sing, I used to, you know, learn how to sew from my mom. Uh, she used to, uh, sew for clients, um, to make a living and uh, I used to write little short stories um, so I always had that creative bug I guess and but over the years as it happens with most people is when you you know go to university and then you you know you pursue a traditional career and, and that's exactly what I did I went to school I went to university um, I got a degree in business psychology I ended up working in finance uh, in banking and over time, I felt like this creative spark that I had was sort of fading. Um, mm -hmm. Although I did try, I did, you know, pursue other things. I started like a cake business for a very short period of time and I realized it wasn't for me. Um, but it wasn't until I met my husband, Deepak, and we decided that I'm moving, it was, just, it was just then when I realized, okay, this big change is happening in my life. I'm moving to a new country um, and I don't know anyone there. I have no idea what I'm going to do there. I had actually actively sort of made a decision that I'm not going to pursue finance or banking when I move. Mm. Um, so, and at that time, I just felt like this creative tap was open because of 
that fear of, of the unknown, of moving, of starting again, essentially, in so many different ways, you don't realize um, how much change is coming. And it's little things, very little things you don't notice or you don't think about when you're planning on moving. Mm. Um, and so I started writing a, a children's book. So that's actually where my passion was actually, and still is, is writing children's books and storytelling through that. So I wrote a children's book called Wilbert the Worm, and I was writing that during that tra transition period of being in England and like handing in my notice and like working, but still knowing that I'm leaving soon. Uh, and I, I wrote while I was working full time. And then when I moved to Calgary, that's when I had some time to publish this book and it was self-published. I had no idea what I was doing because it's not something I've done before. And again, yeah. that's me just taking that chance. And poetry came along at the same time. I had written a piece called Mendy and it, um, you know, I talk about change and not necessarily, not just change like moving to a new country, but also change in being married. I'm married now, you know? Yeah, um, yeah. So and, I wrote that. Yeah, it's, it's so interesting that you said like, the fear kind of sparked the creative mm -hmm. uh, spark, if you like, in you, um, which I find really interesting because often it's fear which sort of paralyzes us and actually prevents us from, mm -hmm. you know, tapping into our full potential and realizing that there's a lot more that we could be doing and we kind of feel stuck. So I find it interesting that it sort mm -hmm. of had the opposite effect on you. Well, I've, I have an interesting... Uh relationship with fear it's uh so the fear of moving um was what really encouraged me to or pushed me to take refuge in words so you know i i joke and i i joke about this when i talk about this children's book is i'm actually wilbert i'm i'm that worm i'm because i'm channeling my fears through this character i wrote this book because i wrote this story i didn't know what i was doing with it at the time i wrote this because I was trying to make sense of this fear that I had of moving. But then as I started putting myself out there more, my relationship with fear sort of changed because the first year that I moved in 2015 in June and that same year in December, I shared poetry on stage. And it was, I was like, I've never done this in London. I'm doing this in Calgary. Um, but it was great because no one knew me, right? Yeah. <laughs> so it was, but it was, it was, it was scary. I was, I remember the day I remember going up on stage. I remember my knees just like shaking. And I was like, Oh, this is going to come out of their sockets. That's how it felt. That's how scared I was of going up and sharing poetry. And I think it kind of snowballed from there. Um, mm -hmm. Just, you know, going to open mics. And I think it was just being open, open to whatever's coming um, because it was new. And I was kind of in this, I'm exploring this new country phase. I was just yeah. open to whatever's coming, but my, my relationship with fear did change the more I put myself out there. Like even now I have days where if I'm sitting and writing, I'd be like, why am I doing this? Why am I writing? Why am I like, there's, you know, that uh, the self-deprecating, mm. uh, you know, thoughts that are very hard to unlearn. They're not, they're so ingrained that it's just the hardest thing to kind of uh, unlearn, but to recognize that it's happening, 
So one of the things that I do now is when I sit down to write, if I'm working on my novel, I keep a tally. Like if I start writing and I get this negative thought, like, oh, who's going to read this? Who's going to want to read this? So I, I kind of keep a tally of every time I get that thought. Mm. And it's a way of me checking in with myself. Oh, I'm doing that way too much. Why am I doing that? You know, recognizing that. Yeah. So it's interesting. It sparked that desire to create. Yeah. But that relationship's always changing. I yeah. Think. Yeah. And of course, like continuously evolving, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, and so you've said like your mission is to, you know, help heal people with, with words and with art. And um, of course, I think that's why anyone in, in sort of artistic professions um, find it as a medium to express themselves. You know, you do mm -hmm. want it to have an impact on people. But was there, I mean, was there a certain time in, in your life which really like stands out for you in terms of the time where you were going through certain adversity and it was, this was your escapism essentially or this, this process of you writing helped you through whatever it is you were going through? Um. I mean, there have been a number of things throughout life, nothing specific, I would say, mm -hmm. um, you know, like even in childhood, just in my school break, just listening to music or, you know, if you look at my, when I look at my old childhood videos, like you'll see me in the back somewhere just singing or mm -hmm. like finding refuge in books, in children's books, um, like reading Roald Dahl or uh, Jacqueline Wilson, like reading her books. Um, that's where I found you know, refuge. And uh, so when I was in um, primary school, when I was nine years old, I was in a car accident. So that, you know, was one experience that I think changed and actually shaped who I am today. Um, I, you know, was in a car accident. I, you know, fractured my pelvis. I um, have this scar which you I don't know if you can see it but I have a scar along my head here mm -hmm. and I've had this since I was nine years old and I remember when I came back to school and this actually happened in India I was on holiday when I was nine in India it was the first and last time I've been <laughs> yeah. so I came back um, and the first thing I wanted to do was I wanted to go back to school I wanted normality and um, yeah I was you know, surrounded by children. Some teachers have obviously told them that, you know, I was in this car accident. And I just remember there was this one girl and uh, she came up to me. She's obviously wondering what this crowd is about. She came up to me and she just went, uh. she just looked at my face and went, uh. and that's when it was like, oh, something's changed. Right. Mm -hmm. So, um, and then going through school, through like name calling and bullying, I found refuge in words. So now when I share poetry or when I write these children's books, I'd like to think that people find refuge in mine. Mm -hmm. okay. That's amazing. And for people, obviously, because you've had that experience of going from a, a full-time profession, completely different mm -hmm. uh, sort of walk into something completely creative. And, and I think a lot of us, like you said, at one point as well, you know, we, it's something that, we are we have these passions inside of us as kids and if they're not nurtured and you know they're almost put on a back on the back seat and not necessarily because we want it to it's just life takes over but for people yeah. really kind of getting that pang of transitioning into something more creative or something which just they feel is their calling mm -hmm. um 
what advice would you give to to them looking to I, I think also just being able to be a full-time and I'm not sure if you do this full-time but to, to do something creative full-time and, and to be paid for that thing that you love doing. Um, I mean, mm -hmm. it's just a dream situation for us all. So what advice would you have for, for people yeah. in this situation? I think it would be brilliant if we could just work as artists full-time, um, just to kind of share. I don't, I'm not a full-time artist. I work full-time. Um, I work for uh, an energy conservation education program full-time. And then I, I do this. Um, my advice is to find kind of unity in what you're doing. So I like, I can't speak to, you know, like work full, uh, work, work full time as an artist, but what I can speak to is, um, create from the heart, you know, ask yourself, why is it that you want to create? Mm -hmm. Is it, is it for income? Is it to become the next big thing? Is it because it's something that your heart is calling you to do? Um, and it took me some time as well because I was, you know, sort of working towards working full time as an artist. But then I, I realized something and it was actually quite recent that I realized that the work that I'm doing full time is serving people, um, mm. you know, serving newcomers to Calgary, serving seniors. And what I'm doing in my creative work is also serving people. So finding that marriage between the two is the most important and asking yourself the why. When you know the why, then it make everything will just be aligned, you know, aligned yeah. with why you're creating. Why am I doing this? And it's it's hard. It's like it, and you know, I I don't have children right now, so I can I can't imagine for parents trying to find some time to sit and create. But even finding fifteen minutes in your day to be able to do that, it I think that would spark that desire to do more, and yeah. then. And also just being open, being open to what's out there, being open to um, what opportunities are coming your way. And, and from my experience, if you keep doing it from the heart, things will come to you because you let go of that. I want to do this because I want to be here. Does that make right. sense? Yeah. Yeah. So the, the why essentially, I mean, I think so many people over the course of the interviews that I do, do go back to that that's mm. exactly that purpose question of what is your why because if that why isn't strong enough you're not really going to see it through mm -hmm. yeah um, you get lost you get lost otherwise and it's happened to me where I'm just like okay why am I doing this again and then I have to come back to myself and I have to remind myself of situations where I've met people who've read my work or have come to one of my shows and have heard me speak and have cried to me and it's like oh I made you cry like my words made you cry and that's when it's like okay this is this is why i'm doing it so yeah. always remember the why that's i think that would be the like my best advice to anyone that wants to pursue this full time mm -hmm. really be clear on why you want to do this and and it seems like you're obviously very tapped into understanding yourself and self-awareness and did this yeah i mean but it's a very um I, I think it's quite rare in terms of people that I've interacted mm -hmm. with. I think it's one thing to say and, and hear people say that, and it's another thing to actually do it and apply it to your life. Mm -hmm. And I think, yeah. I think the simple things like the tally exercise that you mentioned is such a, uh, like it's so interesting that you do that, but you're doing it for, for like a much bigger purpose. Um, mm -hmm. But then, 
have, so have you been on this journey of, of figuring, you know, things out for yourself? Did, was there a moment where you realized that, oh, you know, this is my responsibility to do because there's so many conversations I'm having around kind of self-love and self-worth, especially mm -hmm. on this series. And, mm -hmm. um, and, and we often lose our sense of self when we, when we come into contact with other people because it suddenly becomes about other people's needs and wants above our own. Mm -hmm. Sometimes, you know, we just get lost in the fog of that. And, mm -hmm. um, and we, we attach our self-worth to what other people think about us and, and mm -hmm. what they think we should be doing at this age mm -hmm. or at this time in our life, et cetera. Yeah. Um, and being from an Asian uh, background, I, I'm like, that's something I think we can all relate to. Um, yeah. How did you, in all of this, like, how did you navigate around this and, and find this, this medium for yourself to, 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 you know, to understand yourself better? Oh, it's a lot of self-reflection and, you know, the self-care piece. Um, for me, the biggest thing is self-love and self-care for me is to be able to find a space where I can connect with myself, where there's no noise, where there's no to-do lists. And, and often it's not even an exercise. It's often just being able to be by yourself and then things sort of just click into place, you know, but you know, one of the things that I do is, and I, I have to say, it's not something I did quite regularly, but I do it now is I journal pretty much every day. Um, and in, in my journal, I write down sort of my goals and they might not necessarily be like finish this by this month. Not that, not like that, but my goals in like in general, like what I want out of the work that I'm doing. Yeah. And it's, I do this exercise every time I journal to remind myself of why I started, why I started doing this. And it's that constant reminder of the why, because yeah, it's true. You do get lost. And I did find myself actually just as recently as like October or something last year, feeling that way. Like, why am I doing this? You know, like, why am I putting all of my energy into this? And it, and I had to, I had to take time out I had to say to myself, I'm taking time out. I need to reflect. I need to ask myself these questions. And when you ask yourself these, and you have to really be true to yourself and you have to really be authentic and genuine and ask yourself these questions and not be afraid to ask yourself in case of what you might find, because you might find actually, this is not something I want to do anymore, but that's okay because you're being true to who you are. Yeah. So it's, it's asking yourself those questions. Yeah. Um, and, and, and in order to ask yourself those questions, you need to carve out time for yourself to do that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and like the, you mentioned self care. And I think that's also, it's, it's, it's so important to be kind to yourself and kind of like compassionate because it's so much easier to do that. At least for me, it's so much easier to be compassionate and empathetic towards other people. And then I sort of think like, okay, am I doing this for myself? And I realized that actually, I think I rely on sort of like venting to friends and sharing things with other people for them to kind of give that back to me and realizing, mm -hmm. and especially very recently realizing that actually I can do this for myself, but I'm not sure how to do this correctly. Mm -hmm. um, so what, in, in terms of that, like, is there, is there other specific things that you do in order to, to, I suppose, sustain this, in order to be consistent with this um, self-love and self-care, not mm -hmm. a regime, but like 
to kind of implement it into your daily life? So um, I'll just go back to my journaling because I think it all come ties in into that. So yeah. other things that I like, I, I'm very, I never used to have a structure to how I journal, but now I, I have a structure and it's thanks to a friend of mine who shared how he journals. And I was okay. like, Oh, this is amazing. I, why didn't I think of doing this? Okay. So in, in my journal, I have like my goals, my mission, like my mission is like the most important. I think um, my lesson, like what have I learned from the day mm -hmm. before um, my um, what else do I have in there? Affirmations. Like, yeah. To yeah. Tell myself, uh, you know, I can do this. If I'm sitting down today and I've said to myself today that I'm going to, I don't know, write a thousand words for my novel or something. My affirmation would be, I can do this without, or without feeling like I'm not enough or without feeling like I can't do this or I'm not good enough to do this. Yeah. So those yeah. affirmations and like also to forgive yourself when you slip up. I think that's the biggest thing as well. Like, mm. Mm, yeah, I, you know, I was really hard on myself, but then I didn't show myself that compassion. It's okay. Like to forgive yourself that you were hard on yourself. I think mm -hmm. that's, that's really important as well. And not to beat yourself up, not to beat yourself up because you didn't get everything done on your to-do list as well. Those are yeah. important things. Um, yeah. Yeah. And to tell, to have a mantra as well, you know, like tell yourself I am enough. If that's where you feel like, you you need to tell yourself this often tell yourself as much as you can look in the mirror and tell yourself that in the morning when you're getting ready for work or whatever it is mm. and and so, so and surrender is also another big thing that i really like talking about because i think it's such a struggle to let go particularly if you're sort of a control freak like i yeah. am <laughs> yeah um, and, 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 yeah exactly and and this specific series is is called release so yeah. um you know, I am a very big believer in the fact that sometimes if we, if we don't release an old, whether it's relationships or habits or, you know, things that no longer serve us, we don't get the access to the new things that are meant for us mm. and um, that are going to help us move forward. And, and like, perhaps something for you would have been like that shift for you. Um, mm. It's quite a literal thing that you did, but you had to let go of like your old way of life or what you yeah. knew. Yeah. Um, and, but other than that, which was like a very obvious and apparent shift, um, have there been situations in your life, which you can sort of remember vividly where you, where you did like apply this or with hindsight, you feel like, yeah, you know, because I did that, I was able to do this. Mm -hmm. Um, I think. I can use like my most recent example. Um, you know, I set myself some goals for 2019 and, you know, I, I'd achieved some of them, but some of them I didn't. And, uh, you know, December was an interesting month because I was sort of hustling to get this, this thing done. Like I'll just like my website, like I want to get my website up and it's not up yet. Like it'll be up in January this month, maybe or Feb. But anyway, that's just one example I was really trying to get this done and you know life happens things happen in your life you know and there were certain things that happened in my life uh, around Christmas that meant that I couldn't really be in control of trying to get this one thing that's so important to me done I couldn't and my, my grip was so tight and when it's when you 
hold on tight, that's when you're most uncomfortable. That's when you feel anxious. And then just being able to say, you know what, to tell yourself, you know, I don't have control over this. I can't change this, but I can adapt to this. And I can tell myself that, you know what, I wasn't able to do it, but I will get this done. I always get things done. Whatever I put my mind to, I get them done. I might not get them done, might not get them done um, on exactly on the deadline that I told myself, mm-hmm. but I look back at everything that I have done and I'm like, why do I not have faith in myself? Because I've done it before and it's surrender and faith. I feel go hand in hand. Mm. So when I moved to Calgary, I had to surrender and I had to have faith that this decision that I've made is the right one. And like, there's one, um, I'm not sure if you've read this book, but I wanted to share this. It's Michael A. Singer. It's uh, The Surrender Experiment, My Journey into Life's Perfection. And he has another book, The Untethered Soul. Um, And he says, how could I possibly explain the great freedom that comes from realizing to the depth of your being that life knows what it's doing? Mm. And that was like, yeah, that's deep. But it's true because life knows what it's doing. And, and, you know, whatever you're manifesting, whatever seeds you're planting, they're going to come to you, but you have to have the faith and you have to surrender and you have to let go from time to time. Yeah. Yeah. And on that journey of surrender, when you do experience, you know, anxiety or anxiousness and, you know, all these emotions, which sometimes get the better of us, even if we are strong and even if we are, you know, full of faith, um, are there any go-to things that you do at that specific moment you know because there is that understanding of I'm feeling a certain way now I need to hit pause I need to sit down need to take deep breaths and um, one of the things that um, I don't do enough of and um, I need to do more of is meditate Uh, and you know I use certain um, apps as well like I use insight timer and And it's just to be with your thoughts. It's not to change them or, you know, to mold them into what you want them to be. It's just to sit with them. Mm. And that's one thing that I, I, that's my go-to. I do vent to friends also. Yeah, (laughs) I do. Um, Which it's normal, right? And and to my husband, actually, I probably vent to him the most. Um, And, uh, but you need, you need the people around you to talk to. And um, I'm also kind of, as I'm growing older, I'm more selective with my circle of friends and who yeah. I'm, and, and you realize that, you know, relationships is another interesting thing, like letting go, like letting go of a friendship that you thought was something that it wasn't, or um, it didn't really serve you, or, and that's another thing I experienced this year, right? So it's, um, it's been an interesting year of letting go uh, for yeah. me in, in, in numerous ways. Um, and I, I say this thing, uh, surround yourself with people who are not afraid to tell you to calm down and to, uh, who celebrate you, who celebrate, yeah. who remind you, like, look, look, look at what you've done. Like, don't yeah. forget this. They remind you, they celebrate you. So yeah. those are the people that I like to keep around me. Of course, of course. And, and like, since you've mentioned letting go, I, I find this topic very interesting, but, um, 
I, I just feel sometimes because you said that you're also a control freak and, 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 that's, why, and that's why I'm interested in, um, because sometimes I feel like when we are unable to let go, you are mm-hmm. almost sometimes forced to let go mm-hmm. in certain situations um, because it just, it's so out of your control then. Mm-hmm. And, and I feel like sometimes um, when those situations happen, you are, you, are, you, you are thrown into a process of having to heal away from it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and what has that process been like for you, the healing process? Because that's another thing on this series that we're talking a lot about. But from whatever mm-hmm. it is, of course, but I think, I think you know, when, when a decision is not your own, but whatever mm-hmm. it is, uh, the healing is very different to when you consciously are taking the decision and it feels more like it's in your control. Yeah, uh, it's hard. Like it's not, it's not easy and it takes time like it takes a lot of time and i think one of the things that i would say is to allow it as much time as it needs and again don't beat yourself up up about this and forgive yourself if you keep going back and forth because you have to remember you have certain habits that are ingrained in you and and then when you are trying to make sense of this one thing that you've had to let go of without having the choice um it's it's not easy it's because it's like it's kind of been taken from you the decision making has been taken from you and then you don't feel in control right so it takes time and to allow it time and be okay with allowing it time it might take you a year it might take you six months i know it took me a year more more than a year to let go of this one thing that wasn't decided by me Uh, and and to also remember your blessings, right? Because often we go to, and I had this conversation with a friend, she shared something and it was something along the lines of, we always remember who doesn't love us and we don't focus on the people that do. And that was like, I know this, this is so simple. I know this, but knowing it and remembering it and practicing seeing it is a totally different thing so every time you feel you're going back to that that loop yeah you have to be like but wait I have this person this person this person this friendship in my life so why am I focusing on the one that isn't and that wasn't it doesn't make sense like it's It's, of course yeah like it's you're you're we as I'm for me personally as well I tend to focus on what I don't have as opposed to what I have. And it's the act of gratitude and remembering and journaling again is from like, I it's, I've been doing it consistently since, well, it's been over six months now and it's been a real game changer for me. Like every time I journal, I also write gratitude. I write one thing or two things I'm grateful for. And if you start your day off like that, you'll focus on the things that you wrote about. So I don't know, that's, that's just my, my opinion. True, (laughs) true. So is there something that we can look forward to, uh, to, to, to seeing this year, um, something Mm -hmm. in the pipeline that you're working on that you can tell us about? Sure. So my website, um, and I'm going to say it with more confidence. Yes. My website, uh, Mm -hmm. it should be up uh, very soon so I can kind of connect with, more people and share more work. Uh, 
like on my Instagram page right now, it's just like bits of poetry and affirmations. So there'll be more to come. Um, other than that, I, you know, I, I'm hoping to have my revised children's book on my website when it's up. And yeah, those are the, the things that are coming in the near future. Okay, brilliant. Yeah. Well, it was, it was so great having a conversation with you and um, wishing you all the best with, with everything yeah. coming up. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. And that was the end of an episode of the series of release. I will be back next Sunday with another episode from the same series as we continue this journey, primarily focused on relationships, on healing, on self-love. And I'm super excited for you to tune in to more episodes with a lot more new guests. I can promise you that you're going to take something away from all of these episodes and all of the amazing people that I'm going to be talking to. And meanwhile, you can stay updated with everything Unplug on the Instagram page, Unplug with Annie, and on the Facebook page, Unplug with Annie. You can also go to the website and sign up for the emails if you haven't already, which is www.unplugwithannie.com.